I want to lead with this. You know, I have talked to you a lot on this show about how I will never, ever begrudge a player, ever, for taking the most money they can get. But just don't lie to us, right? Don't come out here and tell me, oh, I'm really excited about playing for this really crappy team when they give you a record-setting contract. So with that, I want to jump right into Tremaine Edmonds of the Chicago Bears. Did you happen to hear when he was doing an interview, he was asked about why he picked, of all the teams that were suiting the linebacker, formerly of of the Buffalo Bills, why in the world Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds decided to go with the worst team in the National Football League last year. I was just excited for the opportunity, man. You know, I'm a guy. I was just excited for the opportunity, man. You know, I'm a guy. You know, I like when the odds are against me. I like the odds when, when the odds are against us. You know, I feel like, you know, individuals make the best moves, you know, when you underestimate it. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go to a team where I could be part of the rebuild. I could be part of, you know, turning this thing around, man. You know, it's just about knowing that it's going to be some 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 some. St- Thunderstorms sometimes, man, but you got to be able to stand through those thunderstorms knowing that it's going to be some sunshine one day and just being a part of that and, um, you know, being a big part of that defense, being a big part of that that rebuild, uh, I mean, it just amazed me and it just made me want to be a part of it for sure. Danny is here in for Kira this week. Danny, how long was that soundbite? That is exactly uh, 33 seconds. That is 33 seconds of lying, of bull <laughs> manure. Of course. That, I can't say that's 33 seconds of bull you-know-what. Nobody wants, in their second NFL contract, nobody wants to be part of a rebuild, all right? Nobody, free agents don't look around, all right? Doesn't matter what sport it is. Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, NFL. Nobody looks around and says, you know what? Especially when you come from an organization that was this close to the Super Bowl like the Bills have been the last few years. You don't leave a championship-caliber organization and think, God, you know what I really want to do? I want to go to a three-win team. Boy, I I just, I really want to be part of a rebuild. I mean, it could be a five-year plan, and we might win eight games in the first three years, but gosh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited to get my ba- brains beat in every single week by some other team. Nobody says that. Let's rewind it back to March on the 13th of March. When NFL Network ESPN uh, NFL insider Ian Rappaport told us that Tremaine Edmonds signed a big old deal with the Bears. The Chicago Bears and new general manager Ryan Poles are making some significant noise today. Sources say they are signing Tremaine Edmonds, the star linebacker formerly of the Buffalo Bills, to a massive deal. He gets four years, $72 million with Chicago. $50 million guaranteed, which is 69% of its overall value. The largest four-year contract for an inside linebacker in the NFL. This deal negotiated by Todd France of Athletes First and the Chicago Bears. There is nothing about the Chicago Bears that is an appealing place to land in the offseason here in 2023. There is nothing appealing about Chicago other than if you're young, the Chicago lifestyle can be great. And it's probably a little more exciting than the lifestyle in Buffalo, New York. I've never been to Buffalo. I've had my share of fun times up in Chicago. There is nothing appealing about the Chicago Bears organization. There's nothing appealing about being 26 and beginning a rebuild. Remember, we're going to talk about Dame Lillard at some point. Now, he's 32, but he wants nothing to do with 
any sort of rebuild in Portland. There is no way in hell I'm going to believe Tremaine Edmonds wanted to be part of a rebuild. Can you play that Tremaine Edmonds cut number one again for me, please? What have you? Oh, oh, number one. Number one. Yeah, yeah, number number one real quick. Tremaine Edmonds. 33 seconds. I was just excited for the opportunity, man. You know, I'm a guy. You know, I like when the odds are against me. I like the odds when when the odds are against us. I feel like, you know, individuals make the best moves, you know, when you're underestimated. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go to a team where I could be part of the rebuild. Liar. I could be part of, you know, turning this thing around. Liar. It's just about knowing that it's going to be some some, some, some thunderstorms sometimes, man, but you got to be able to stand through those thunderstorms knowing that it's going to be some sunshine one day and just being a part of that and, um, you know, being a big part of that defense, being a big part of that, blah. that rebuild, uh, I mean, just amazed me. Blah, and it, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, just, blah. All right, listen to me. Again, like I said in the onset, I never begrudge an athlete who has the opportunity to anybody for whatever field you may be in. Whether you work in radio, you work in sales, you are an NFL linebacker, I will never begrudge someone for taking the money, especially when we're talking about $72 million and 50 of it guaranteed, like Tremaine Edmonds got, the biggest deal ever for an inside linebacker. But do not, to quote my good friend Doug Russell, who I used to work with up in Milwaukee, do not insult our intelligence. You did not look at the Bears and say, That's a five-win team. If I go there, maybe it's a six-win team. That's not what happened. You got, you took the biggest check. And we talked about, and that's fine. Again, that's cool. Like DeAndre Hopkins, a couple weeks ago, got released. A lot of the show that I I did a couple weeks ago was about where's DeAndre Hopkins going to go? Same thing with Dalvin Cook. Where's Dalvin Cook going to go? Does a championship matter? No, it never actually matters to these guys. Very rarely, unless a guy's made a whole boatload of money and they're on the 19th hole or the 18th fairway of their career, do they really want to sacrifice money for a championship? And again, that's fine. That's your call. You do whatever you want to do. I would probably do the same. But don't lie to us and tell us you're excited about going to a rebuild. Tremaine Bedmans went to the Bears because they offered him way more money than anybody else. And the Bears had over $100 million in cap space. They had a whole bunch of money to offer. They, they, I mean, what's amazing about the Bears is they made a lot of moves. The biggest one was Tremaine Edmonds from a free agent standpoint. They still have like $30 million left. Somehow, they still have a ton of money left in Chicago. Now, I still think the Bears are going to be in contention for bottom in the NFC North and probably in contention for a top five, maybe the number one overall pick, although Arizona kind of has that bullseye right now with their injured quarterback and their mess of a a roster. But the Bears are going to suck. And Tremaine Bedmans even... See, what's so funny is you talk to any delusional Bears fan, and you know it's kind of redundant, but you talk to a Bears fan. Oh, no, we're not rebuilding. We rebuild. We're back. At least the prize-free agent used the word rebuild. At least one Bears person understands that this season is not a playoff season for the Bears. If they get to 9-8, and eight, it's an incredible season for Chicago. The offensive line is still a mess. Justin Fields has still not proven he can throw the football consistently in this league. They've got a change at the running back spot. They got new pieces all over. I like DJ Moore. Everybody likes DJ Moore. Everybody's going to say say the same thing about DJ Moore. Oh, I like DJ Moore. Darnell Moody can now be a number two or number three. Everybody's going to say, well, if Chase Claypool 
the Bears are still going to suck this year. All right? Mark my words. They're not going to be a 10-win team. They're not going to be a 9-win team. They might not even be a 6-win team. Tremaine Bedmans is lying to you when he tells you he's excited to be part of the rebuild. No, he's excited to cash a $50 million check that they handed him that was completely guaranteed that you heard Rappaport say took up 69% of the contract or whatever. They just gave him the money. Nobody else was doing that. That is why Tremaine Edmonds, that is why Tremaine Edmonds is a Chicago Bear. So before they got done with the interview, you know, the, the biggest story about the Bears isn't Tremaine Edmonds. It's not Chase Claypool. It's not DJ Moore specifically. It is about the quarterback. It is year three for Justin Fields, and he has had nobody to throw to. They finally had, they had a Chase Claypool at the trade deadline. He has not done, he didn't do anything last year. Uh, he hasn't done much since the first half of his rookie season. They add DJ Moore in the trade when they went with Carolina and they moved back in the draft. That's a great move. I think, like I said, everybody likes DJ Moore. But the story of the Bears is Justin Fields. And whether or not Justin Fields can go from being the worst quarterback in the NFC North to third. Is he better than Jordan Love? Can he be better than Jared Goff? Is he better than Kirk Cousins? Where where do you stack Justin Fields in the NFC North? Personally, I've got him fourth. I've got a log jam at the top. It's hard not to say Goff is the best quarterback or Cousins is the best quarterback. I'm a huge Jordan Love guy, but he hasn't proven anything, so I can't put him up there. So I'd probably go Jared Goff, Cousins, flip-flop him if you want to. I don't care. One guy's been to a Super Bowl. The other guy hasn't. Um, and then Love and then Fields. That's where I would put him. Now, that might be my green and gold heart bending one way, and that's fine if you don't like it. We have eight, 75 days until the start of the NFL season to you know, debate who's better, Love or Fields. The answer is love. But on his way out of this interview, new linebacker for the Bears who faces him every day in practice. And I want you to listen to his answer because I didn't edit anything. Sometimes when I get these cuts, Danny, you know how it is. You take out some of the breaths, the stutters. You want it to sound clean. Absolutely. This is a completely unedited question and answer from the NFL Network and the new star linebacker for the Bears, Tremaine Edmonds, about... Justin Fields. What have you seen in a short period of time from your quarterback in Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, a guy is, you know, obviously his talent, his speed, his athleticism speaks for itself. Uh, I had a chance to play against him last year. Um, you know, definitely presented some of those challenges. Uh, but, you know, I've seen a lot of those things, you know, day in and day out. You know, now I'm able to see it every single day just to see how hard he works, just to see his commitment. You know, he's one of those early guys, one of those late-leaving guys. And that's what you want to see from your quarterback, man. You know, he's a leader. You can see that he makes guys around him better. Uh, he spreads the ball around, man. You know, we've been competing all offseason. And I know it's only going to continue to get better as we go into training camp, man. So I'm excited to see him take this next step. And uh, he's going to be a big part of our success this year. How long was that cut there, Daniel? Yeah, it was 44 seconds. 44 seconds when you ask about a quarterback that you face every day in these OTAs and the minicamp that just got done. Not once... Did Tremaine Edmonds say the word pass, the word throw? He didn't mention completion. He These are all things. Everybody knows Justin Fields is a hard worker. Everybody knows Justin Fields has speed. Everybody knows Justin Fields has athleticism. That's great. He's an early arriver and a late lever. That's all well and good. But for a guy who saw him play last year at a game, for a guy that faced off against him sort of in OTAs, they're not real, and minicamp, 
you would think that if he saw a couple of dimes coming out of Justin Fields' rocket arm or a couple of precision passes coming out of Justin Fields, he would have mentioned it. (laughs) At some point, he would have said, God, he's really, he sees the field better and he's hitting guys in stride and he's making, doing a great job throwing the ball and getting the ball in the right places. He mentioned the word spread it around a bit one time. That's fine. But there's nothing from what Tremaine Edmonds, the star inside linebacker, you know, you could presume he's the captain of the defense. He didn't say a word about Justin Fields' ability to throw. And that is what will prohibit the Bears from becoming a six, seven, eight, nine win team this year until that quarterback learns how to throw the ball to all of his new toys. The Bears still suck. Again, completely biased Green Bay Packers fan here on ESPN Des Moines. I understand if you're grossed out by that and you're a Bears fan, because we got a lot of them here in Des Moines. Full disclosure. There's a lot of Bears fans around here. There's Bears fans. There's Vikings fans. Both of them, all of them hate me. It's fine. I don't care. But until Justin Fields can throw, the Bears aren't going to do a dang thing. Speaking of a guy who can throw, did you happen to hear what conference Aaron Rodgers was speaking at where he was applauded for his words. And I'll give you just a tidbit. He did use the term cancel me. We'll get to that coming up next here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. (laughs) 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Um, so funny. I was sometimes my show gets shortened by Cubs baseball, mm-hmm. and so earlier this week I was looking, and I haven't memorized all 162 games of the uh, Chicago Cubs schedule. What? I know it's hard to believe. So the other day I was like, okay, is my show going to be a full hour? Is it going to be 45 minutes? What is it going to be? And there is no Cubs game scheduled for today. That's right. Usually it's not rained out or anything like that. If you're a Chicago Cubs fan, you're wondering. Where are the, the baby bears playing today? It is weird. They are acclimating themselves to London. <laughs> they are in England right now, and they are going to play two against the Cardinals, which you'll hear both games here on ESPN Des Moines. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. What time is the game tomorrow? Coverage starts like 11 a.m.? Yeah, it's... it's uh, early it's, it's, early game tomorrow. It's early tomorrow, but it, Sunday's even earlier. 9 a.m. baseball on Sunday. If you want to hear Zach Zaidman's pregame, you're going to have to get up <laughs> yeah. at 8.30. Wake up with Zach Zaidman, <laughs> and then Pat and Ron Zach will call game. Sunday's game for you yeah. at uh, 9.30. So we've got four baseball games for you live. Of course, both Cubs games, every Cubs game, all season long right here on ESPN Des Moines. Cubs and Cards from London tomorrow and Sunday, and then also we'll have Dodgers and Giants at night, both nights. So we've got, as always, you, you want live the, sports? Uh, What's that? The Astros and the Dodgers. Astros-Dodgers. Thank you very much. Yeah. Get the colors are right. <laughs> just didn't get the teams that right. That is the important Everyone thing. confuses San Francisco and Houston. They're just... Uh, Never ask, mind. Ask me any other sports question. I'll get it wrong. I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. But you have the schedule there in front of you. That's so. right. It's in, it's in writing. As always, you want live sports? We got live sports all year long here on ESPN Des Moines. I can't wait till we get to uh, college football season. We start announcing the games we're going to be carrying out of the Big 12 and the Pac-10 and the ACC and the uh, SEC. It's going to be great. I know summer's awesome. It just started two days ago. But I can't wait for football season That's because... We'll stop hearing Aaron Rodgers 
at conferences <laughs> like the one he was at. Now, before we get to Rodgers, uh, you know, there's a lot of conversation. If you're going to start putting your bets in about who's going to win the AFC or who's going to win the AFC East or who's going to win the Super Bowl or over-unders or, and all that kind of stuff. The biggest offseason move in the National Football League was Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the New York Jets. And they received a second-round pick, two twos, and one of those twos could become a one, and they flipped 13-15 and 15 in the draft. So next year's Jets' second-round pick becomes a first-round pick if Rodgers uh, takes 65% of the snaps. And what I really want, and I like Aaron Rodgers, the football player, I really do. You know, he gave me a lot of great football memories. I have a jersey, a hooded jersey. But what I really want is for Aaron Rodgers to have 65% of the snaps or whatever. But I want the Jets to go 4-13. and Because <laughs> I want a top five pick next year in the draft for the Green Bay Packers. And not because of Green Bay's record, all right? Because of the Jets' record. That's what I want. But uh, are they a Super Bowl contender is the conversation that's going on in a lot of circles. Are the Jets a Super Bowl contender now that they have Aaron Rodgers? Of course, Brees Hall, the Iowa State, great, coming back from injury in the backfield. They added another running back whose name I cannot pronounce. They've got a couple of other guys. Very full backfield back there. On the outside, they have the great Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to be at one point the best receiver in the NFL or one of the best receivers in the NFL I've got him in a fantasy dynasty league. I can't wait to see Rodgers just pepper him with the ball over and over. They've got weapons all over the field. But the question is to ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum, does this mean that you can count or should expect the Jets to contend for the Super Bowl? Here's what he had to say. Do you believe that they are, with Aaron Rodgers, a Super Bowl contender like that the 2019 Bucks were once they added Tom Brady? No, and there's a big reason why, Dan. It's the offensive line. Older quarterbacks don't leave the league because of their arm. They leave because of their legs. And I've been around guys like Vinny Testaverde and Brett Favre, Jay Cutler, amongst others. And when you look at that great Buccaneer offense, it was led by Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirth up front to let Tom Brady go to work. And when you think about Aaron Rodgers, he struggles when pressured, like all quarterbacks do. And you look at left tackle, Mekhi Becton's playing one game in two years. Dwayne Brown's going to be 38. He only played 12 games. So if there's a vulnerability on this Jet offense stance right here, it's up front. There's too many questions in my mind for a guy in Aaron Rodgers who could still throw with the best of them, but clearly isn't as mobile. And that's where he struggled a year ago with pressure. We're going to talk more about Aaron Rodgers, the football player here in a minute. We're going to hear from his offensive coordinator. But first, of course he was. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of thoughts on a lot of things. <laughs> Just ask him. He'll tell you how enlightened he is. So Aaron Rodgers was, um, it was at a psychedelics conference in Denver advocating for the legalization of psychedelics by discussing his own experiences. It was put on by the, oh boy, here's a big word, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. It's the largest U.S. advocacy group. Colorado voters have now joined in with Oregon voters in the last election to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. As we know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, several years ago, went on a ayahuasca retreat in a Peruvian jungle. He's actually done it twice. I think one was in Peru and one was in Costa Rica. And he talked about it. And people were like, what is ayahuasca? And then you find out what ayahuasca is. And it's a hallucinogenic beverage that you 
see whatever you're supposed to see. You go to the jungle, you hang out with a shaman. It's expensive. It's very. It's what rich people do. You know, like I, I think it's like ten grand did to go ahead. The Beatles do it. I don't. I probably not in a Peruvian no, jungle. Yeah. The Beatles probably just did it whenever they wanted. <laughs> but like you go in here, and it's an ancient medicine, and it's supposed to clear your mind or help you see God or help you see the other side or whatever it's supposed to do. It's supposed to do. It is defined as a psychoactive beverage native to South America and often used for religious, ritualistic, or medicinal purposes. And people were freaking out when Aaron Rodgers mentioned that he had done ayahuasca because he's done the, uh, is it Panchuchaca cleanse where you take, you drink this stuff and it comes out of both ends for like seven days, but it's supposed to clean you out. He did the darkness retreat in Oregon where he was in darkness for three days or whatever it was. Then he came out and he realized that the Packers were shopping him to the Jets at that point. So speaking at the Psychedelics Conference in Denver, here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say. Basically, Aaron Rodgers was speaking to anyone who is a hater. Yeah, all these bums who want to, you know, come after me online about my experience and stuff, they've never tried it. They're the perfect people for it. We need to get these people taking it. <laughs> and you know what? It's going to be hard to cancel me because, uh, okay. you know, the previous year, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. We had a good season. Ayahuasca, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, MVP. No, Aaron, the ayahuasca did not make you throw 22 more touchdowns. Getting out of Mark, Mike McCarthy's archaic system got you out. I'm sorry, got you ahead to 22 more touchdowns. Not having Mike McCarthy as a head coach and the offense, which he loves, by the way. We'll talk more about that in a second. Not having Mike McCarthy as a head coach. And not throwing to... It had nothing to do with the ayahuasca, all right? Going from 26 touchdowns to 48 had nothing to do with ayahuasca. Rodgers is going to frame that. He's going to frame it, especially in front of that audience, which is fine. Like, I don't know if he's right. I don't know if we should all be taking mushrooms to feel better. I don't know if we should be taking psychedelics to feel better, see better, whatever. There's probably a lot of benefits. I'm not an expert on that stuff. But I can tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers did not throw 22 more touchdowns because he went on a Peruvian jungle ayahuasca retreat. All right? Can we all agree on that? Please, thank you very much. Again, I don't know if it's good or good for you. Danny, you ever done hallucinated? Hallucin- Never. Never. You ever hallucinated? Never. Well, one of us in this room I'm can say that. I'm scared to. I'm a kid of the 60s. <laughs> one of the- really? We were not allowed to no, we had all the PSAs on TV. Sure, you know, don't do drugs, what, dare. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you think they call it? Dope. We had Sergeant <laughs> Friday giving us lectures every week. Uh, so, yeah, that's what see, Aaron Rodgers' offseason has been so weird. That's why I kind of want, like I said, we're like 75 days from the start of the NFL. And I really want to talk about what's going on the NFL field as opposed to Aaron Rodgers at a, at a psychedelic conference in Colorado. I think eventually, I think eventually this stuff will be legalized and we'll figure out the benefits to it and and all that stuff. Back to football, by the way. Yeah, Danny, what do you want? Who will be on the right side of history? I don't know. I have no idea. Like I've got my, th- I, I agree with Rogers on some stuff, and I think he's completely crazy on other stuff. And you know, I like I said, I'm a massive Aaron Rodgers fan on the field. We'll circle back around and. 20 years. I want 65% of the snaps and I want the Jets to go for 13. Go. That's what I want. So uh, talking 
to Pete Schrager from the NFL Network. Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers' BFF. By the way, Nathaniel Hackett was his uh, offensive coordinator when he threw those 48 touchdowns that he mentioned. It has nothing to do with the ayahuasca. It had to do with Matt LaFleur. It had to do with Nathaniel Hackett. It had to do with the players and the and the coaching and not Mike McCarthy being there. Not the ayahuasca. So now he has Nathaniel Hackett in New York as his offensive coordinator with the Jets. And uh, he was talking to Pete Schrager from NFL.com and the NFL Network. They apparently... And as a Packers fan, you probably hated this with all the freedom that Aaron Rodgers had to do whatever he wanted, even when Matt LaFleur's system was completely different from what Rodgers wanted to audible into. They're going to just give him all that freedom again in New York. I think there's going to be some freedom with Aaron. I think there's going to be some freedom with Aaron. And Aaron, as we moved forward in the Green Bay system, there was definitely more freedom as we went. We're going to just continue that because I think you got to take advantage of a guy like Aaron that is so smart and understands it. So uh, trying to build this thing for him and build it so that when he sees certain things, he can do um, all kinds of stuff and put us in the best position possible. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe Aaron Rodgers will have success in New York. I have no idea what kind of success. I think last year... Aaron Rodgers, well, he obviously was not himself after he busted his thumb after the, in that game at the end in uh, in London, and nothing looked right. If you're a Packers fan, you watched it. Nothing looked right from an Aaron Rodgers perspective. None of the passes were inaccurate. The deep throws where Aaron generally has tons of success, horrible. Uh, it just, and there was some chemistry issues too. A lot of that is on Aaron as well, and a lot of that is on the general manager for not having anybody over you know, better than Sammy Watkins or more experienced than Sammy Watkins. They went with a lot of young guys. Christian Watson finally emerged. People are just blowing up about Romeo Dobbs here in the in the the, the, the offseason here. But a lot of it was on Rodgers, and a lot of people are wondering at 39, is the decline starting to kick in? Not everybody can play until they're 45 like Tom Brady. But Rodgers is going to give it a go, at least for one year in New York, and then we get to go through all the drama again coming up next year. But they have decided, and 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 Hackett and Rodgers are buddies. Like, when you saw all the dominoes that have fallen to New York that used to be in Green Bay, we all joke about them, right? We're all like, ah, <laughs> they signed Alan Lazard. Rodgers is going there. Oh, they brought in Randall Cobb. Oh, they brought in this guy. Oh, they brought in that guy. The one that mattered the most was Nathaniel Hackett. It wasn't Alan Lazard. Like, if you rank, Lazard's a good player. Great blocker, decent receiver, probably wide receiver three or four on most teams. But when you rank the receivers that Aaron Rodgers has thrown touchdowns to when he was in Green Bay, how long does it take till you get to Alan Lazard? You've got Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings. You've got Devontae Adams. I mean, Donald Driver. How long till you get to Alan Lazard? Takes a while to get there. Trust me. I've done the whole list. But when they brought in Nathaniel Hackett, and you just heard him, we're building this for Aaron. They're going to give Aaron all autonomy to do anything he wants. Because unlike in Green Bay, his head coach, when the Jets have the ball, isn't going to be calling plays, isn't going to be looking at a play sheet. Robert Saleh is in charge of the defense. He's in charge of calling timeouts and game management and things along that. And he'll be in constant communication with Nathaniel Hackett. But how often is Robert Saleh going to call a play into Aaron or give him two to choose from? That's Nathaniel Hackett's job. So when Nathaniel Hackett 
got canned by Denver because he was absolutely garbage as a head football coach and did not get along with Russ. When he came over to the Jets, you knew Rodgers was going to be a New York Jet. It didn't matter if he had gone in the darkness or come out of the darkness. It did not matter. That was the key guy. They didn't bring in Nathaniel Hackett to coach Zach Wilson. They brought him in to work with Aaron Rodgers, and everybody knew it. And Anybody who had any doubts it was going to happen was crazy. I love NFL drama. I love when guys poke the bear. But there's one guy I would not poke, all right? There's one player in the NFL, one bear I would not poke. Why are you messing with the MVP? That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicketts. This is Wicketts World. Shout out to you if you're coming down to downtown Des Moines for the Des Moines Art Fair going on. Who isn't? Dude, did you get a Thelma's ice cream sandwich yet? I was too early, and then I was too late. Apparently, I mean, they're using our parking lot, so they're like, "You guys yeah. at ESPN Des Moines, you can have a free. You can still go there now, That's Danny. I wore my logo yes. shirt just for that. You can go get one. I just had one for lunch. It counts Good. as a sandwich." It was strawberry ice cream between two cookies, two sugar cookies. No kidding. It counts as a sandwich, right? Like, it's just as good as a ham and cheese. I'm grabbing a sandwich after lunch. A sandwich is a sandwich. Doesn't matter what's in the middle. <laughs> that was my lunch. Uh, we've got uh, Cubs and Cardinals, not tonight, but both games Saturday and Sunday morning. They're playing in London. First game tomorrow, 1130. And then Sunday's game, 830 pregame with Zach Zaidman for the Cubs and the Cards from London. Yeah. Both, both times they're broadcast. There are pregame. Gotcha for for Zach, and then Pat and Ron it, will have it after. That's right. Well, it's going to be mornings with I, Zach on I, Sunday. I'm kind of excited on Sunday. Definitely, like the eleven o'clock, the eleven thirty, twelve thirty game. That feels normal for a baseball game on Saturday. Sure. But Sunday, it's like when we get the NFL London game. That's the best NFL pregame. It's not Fox. It's not CBS. It's not ESPN. It's not the NFL Network. During the NFL season, I love the London game because when it's on at nine a.m. I could, I, that's football from 9 a.m. all the way till 11 p.m., which my wife hates, but I love it because I get to watch football the entire day. You get the game in London, and then you get the regular noon game, and then you get the late game, and then you get that half-hour break so you can eat dinner, put the kids to bed. <laughs> then you get Sunday night football. I, those London games, take they eat up so much time of crappy NFL pregame shows <laughs> that don't matter. The only thing those shows are good for are to tell me who's in and out for fantasy pickups. Other than that, I can find out the weather in Foxborough. All right? I can he- I, I've got all the sound bites I need. But when you get an a-, a game going on, and we've got five of them this year, including I think the Chiefs have a game over there. That's, that's it right there. Chiefs open up, by the way, on Thursday, the first game of the year, Kansas City and Detroit. For everybody who is expecting Detroit to be on the map, this is their opportunity after last year when they almost made the playoffs, beat Green Bay the final game of the year, turned a lot of heads, they get to now open with the champs. And Patrick Mahomes and company at Arrowhead Thursday night. The whole world is going to be watching that game. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, there are certain people, if I was an NFL player, you can talk junk about, right? You can talk junk about if you want to, you know, rip on young quarterback or you're, you know, a wide receiver, you want to talk junk about another wide receiver, that's fine. 
But why would you poke the bear of Patrick Mahomes? You know, we always talk about Aaron Rodgers playing with a chip on his shoulder. Patrick Mahomes has swagger. Patrick Mahomes plays with a chip on his shoulder, even though he has no reason to. So if you missed it, Cincinnati wide receiver Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in the National Football League, was talking to the media about the best player in the National Football League, including who his quarterback, Joe Burrow, said was the best quarterback in the, I'm sorry, the best player in the NFL. Listen to Jamar Chase. Asked about the number one player in the NFL, with very little hesitation, you said Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that. Yeah, that's easy. MVP. He said Pat. Who said Pat? Joe. Pat who? (laughs) All right. Pat who? Pat who? You're gonna disrespect Patrick freaking Mahomes? You're gonna respect the future? Disrespect the future goat? who's going to win more Super Bowls, who I think has a shot to challenge Brady's seven, probably won't get there just because nobody does. But Patrick Mahomes lost his best receiver last year, still won the MVP. Tyreek Hill was gone, and he still won the MVP. And they still went on to win the Super Bowl. So Travis Kelsey, best I'm sorry, best tight end in the National Football League, and I would argue best tight end ever. He and his brother Jason from the the, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they do a podcast together. So here's what Travis Kelsey had to say when they were talking about Jamar Chase disrespecting his quarterback. Thought it was a little bold. So the guy's a two-time league MVP, Mm two-time Super Bowl MVP. To say Pat who is like, A little disrespectful. Pat didn't like it. Mahomes tweeted a photo of himself at the Chiefs ring ceremony. Glad you guys had fun doing that. Wearing his two Super Bowl rings with the declaration, that's who. And he tweeted yeah. out this photo. Uh, you're in it with your lovely. And then shout out to uh, shout out to Pat for holding it down. I mean, I, who doesn't love a good locker room banter? Putting a little trash throwing, talk. Yeah, throwing a little bulletin board material up there. It is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for you know holding it down for his QB. But <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now? If you want to talk your <laughs> talk your <laughs> pimp, just better back it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I get it. Like, you do want to back your quarterback. You want to say Joe Burrow, but don't go with Pat who. You know, I mean, come on now. The Bengals and the Chiefs play Week 17. They play on New Year's Eve. Can't wait for that one. That might be the last meaningful game either team plays before the playoffs, assuming their quarterbacks stay healthy. You know, if Burrow gets hurt, the Bengals aren't going anywhere. And if Mahomes gets hurt... The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. That's the way it is for all these teams in the AFC. Like, you look around Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, the Ravens, the Jags, the Chargers. That's probably your top eight. I don't have the odds in front of me right now, but that's probably the uh, the odds on top eight to win the conference. Maybe Denver is there because people believe in Sean Payton. Is Tennessee there? Because Mike Vrabel always figures out a way to win some football games. I I can't think of anybody outside of KC, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Jets, the Dolphins, that I would put any of Danny, our producer's money on, because mm. I don't gamble uh, <laughs> uh, very well. Um, so I wouldn't put my money on this. I'd put your money on there it we go. Uh, to win the AFC. And we'll do our predictions in 70 days. But that's that's where you probably would put your So of all those teams in the AFC, you're going to disrespect the quarterback of the Super Bowl champ and the odds-on favorite, not smart.
Probably not smart to do. By the way, one of those teams has to get bounced, and somebody always surprises. Like, Jacksonville was a bit of a surprise. I don't care who you are. Jacksonville was a bit of a surprise. Tennessee was a letdown last year. So the NBA draft was last night in the smoothest transition in radio history. The (laughs) NBA draft was last night, and a shout-out to Iowa's own from Cedar Rapids to Iowa City and now to the Pacific Northwest. With the 23rd pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Chris Murray from the University of Iowa. And he's going to be a good player. Congratulations to Iowa's own. Uh, his twin brother, Keegan, got drafted last year from uh, by the Sacramento Kings, fourth overall, highest ever drafted Hawkeye in the history of the program. And then his brother goes 23rd overall this year. So if you were expecting next year to watch the Murray brothers and you didn't expect to stay up late and you're here in Des Moines. Sorry, because those games are on late. <laughs> those games are 10 o'clock starters and nine thirty starters for us here in the Midwest. And that's always why, like when you're watching the NBA finals or you watch the NBA playoffs, it's always difficult to stay up for those Western conference games. And that's why, like I wish you know, sometimes I didn't have to wake up at 4 a.m. for my morning show over on Laser because I want to watch more Steph Curry or I want to see more Nikola Jokic, but West Coast games. But congratulations to Chris uh, Chris Murray, who, when he met with the media, just got off the phone with the Blazers. Just got off the phone. They're excited to have me. Said they were running through the halls uh, when they picked me, so I'm definitely excited just just meet everyone and get to pro. I think it'll be a really good situation. And Coach Bill's a good coach, so just looking forward to it. So the uh, the Blazers took Scoot Henderson third overall, and there's a huge storyline coming out of the draft about the Portland Trail Blazers. We're going to get to it here. So la- so they take Scoot Henderson third overall out of the G League. You probably never saw Scoot Henderson play. I never saw Scoot Henderson play. I didn't watch any G League, but he's a six two combo guard, kind of like Damian Lillard, a lot like Damian Lillard. He's a small ish. Athletic. Now he's probably a better athlete than Dame. Dame's probably much better shooter than than Scoot. And it has created this conversation, which actually fi- it feels like. And if you're an NBA fan, you've been listening to, to sports talk radio for a while. If you're an NBA fan, you've been having the same conversation inside your head for like five years. When is Damian Lillard going to get out of Portland? When is he going to go somewhere? where he could actually compete for a championship because he can't do it in Portland. They were never able to put the pieces around Damian Lillard to get that team to the next level. They couldn't compete with Golden State. The uprising of the Phoenix Suns these days, you know, the Clippers have been really good. Now LeBron and the Lakers, of course, Denver. If you match up the roster of Portland right now, they're probably a play-in team. I don't even know what their record was last year. I have no idea. But they're definitely not a Chris Murray and Scoot Henderson away from competing with Denver to win the Western Conference. So that entire conversation that you have been having with your friends who like the NBA for the last five years about Dame finally may come to a head. And we're going to hear a lot of opinions about it. And I'll give you mine next. Wicket needs a timeout. 
He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Hi, this is Ruth. Is your trailer ready? Ready to take your boat to the lake? Ready for the haul all summer long? Merrill Axle is going to get your trailer ready. Lights, brakes, wiring, bearings, and axle beams. You name it, Merrill can do it. It's time to haul, y'all. Get your trailer ready to go with Merrill. Merrill Axle is Des Moines' leading wheel and alignment specialist. We've been open since 1932. That's the same time Amelia flew her solo flight. That's a long time to keep an A-plus rating and build our reputation in automotive repair. We were born into this. We walk it, talk it, live it, eat it, even wear it. You just can't find this kind of knowledge anywhere else. Our family business, honesty, is built in. We are the good guys that tell you exactly how it is all the time. Customers, dealerships, and even the auto shops come to Merrill's. So you better take it to Merrill right downtown. Stretch your dough. Keep stretching. Ah, that's it. You can stretch your dough when you stretch your car payments for up to three months. Just move your car loan to Community Choice and get up to three months of no car payments. Don't go doughless. Start stretching at unbankyourbread.com. Make your dough last longer. Move your car loan to Community Choice and stretch your dough. Go to unbankyourbread.com. Subject to credit approval and analysis. See credit union for details. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Chris Murray. Congratulations to the pride of Cedar Fall, Cedar Fall, Cedar Rapids. Got drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. Their second first round pick yesterday. Scoot Henderson goes number three overall after Victor Wembanyama, the big seven foot five kid from France. Who, by the way, I I, I am not a Spurs fan. I desperately want Victor Wembanyama to stay healthy. There is a, he's seven five. I wouldn't say he's wiry. He's not thick by any measure, measure, but he's definitely not. Remember Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga last year? Skinny body like like me, <laughs> thin. Uh, I've developed a bit of a dad bod, but I'm still a skinny guy. I desperately want to see Victor Wembanyama stay healthy, just because I want to see the freak that he is. Seven foot five, can shoot from the outside, handles the ball like a guard. I want to see what Pop does with him. I will watch Spurs games next year, and they are going to sell out every game because people want to see Webinyama. And I just pray that he doesn't have knee problems or ankle problems or, you know, foot problems. He's 19, what is he, 19, 20 years old, seven foot five. There's there's a lot of wear and tear that comes playing in the NBA, 82 game schedule. So uh, I, I just, there are sometimes there are players that you make a must see TV, right? I think Victor Webb and Yama is one of those guys. Dame Lillard has been one of those guys, but the problem is you if even if you watch the NBA and you're an NBA fan, Damian Lillard played in plays in Portland. And Damian Lillard playing in Portland means you probably did not watch a lot of Damian Lillard unless you're streaming the show right now on Facebook in Portland. And if you are, hello. Thank you for watching us in Portland. But the conversation around Damian Lillard has been building for three, four, five years. Are they ever going to put together a team around Dame Lillard where he can compete? And if not, how long is Dame Lillard going to stick around in Portland? And at 32 years of age, 
By the way, do you realize that Damian Lillard signed a two-year, $122 million contract extension last year? It's a lot of jack. It's a lot of dough. Now, I don't know all the specifics of where the money comes from and how all of that works. I just know it was two years and $120 million. It's good work if you can get it. He's 32 years old now, and the conversation is beginning about when it is time for Stephen A. I'm sorry, for Damian Lillard to move on. Stephen A. Smith says right now it's the time to get out. Here's Stephen A. Of course the Blazers organization doesn't want to lose him. He's great, 32 years of age, just finished averaging 32 points, a pillar of the community. He's deified in the Portland area. You know that people walk through the turnstiles just to see him play. He's not only an elite player, he's good for business, okay? Because he's ingratiated himself with that community that well. But from a strictly basketball perspective, you are not a part of the championship equation. You stayed there just long enough for them to get what I think will probably be a perfect successor to him. Live with that and move on, Damian Lillard. I think he's exactly right. I, I think, you know, I didn't know when Brandon Miller, the kid from Alabama, went number two. You weren't sure if Charlotte was going to take Miller or they were going to take Scoot. And when that happened, I thought going into the draft, you now have your successor to Damian Lillard. And this is not like a backup quarterback, like when you draft a quarterback number two overall or... In the Packers' case, they drafted Jordan Love to succeed Aaron Rodgers three years down the road. That's not the same in the NBA. When you take a guy's successor, he's on the court early in the NBA. They are playing early, especially when you have a guy like Scoot. Here's more from Stephen A. Smith about uh, Dame moving on. Last night, when the Blazers drafted Scoot Henderson, it's the perfect excuse to move on from the Damian Lillard ever. I'm not talking about it as an organization. I'm talking about Dillard saying, I want up out of here. You're not going anywhere for the foreseeable future if you are the Blazers. You're not a part of the championship equation. Damian Lillard needs to want out of Portland. He needs to move on. I think he's 100% right. You're not that if, if the goal is to win a championship, because he's going to get his money, unlike some of these other free agents in football, you know, where's Dalvin Cook going to sign? Does he value a title or does he value money? Damian Lillard is guaranteed $60 million, $100 million, whatever his deal is. It doesn't matter where he plays. He's not going to win, all right? He's not going to win a championship. He'll never get that ring. He'll be in the conversation with Carl Malone and Dan Marino of the greatest never to have a ring or Charles Barkley if he stays in Portland. I know he desperately wants to. But they took his replacement last night at number three, and that's Scoot Henderson. Man, yeah, I'm hoping to get to play with Dane for sure. Um, special talent, special special guard. Um, some one of my favorites to watch, you know, especially film-wise, and uh, just to pick how, how he moves off the court as well. So, yeah. It, it... Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that you want to emulate your game after. There's no doubt. Adrian Wojnarowski had some Woj bombs earlier today on uh, KJM here on ESPN Des Moines about Portland wanting to still, the plan is to rebuild about, around Dame. Portland wants to keep building around Damian Lillard. They want to try to continue to make some moves here uh, after the draft and in the free agency with trades, uh, re-signing Jeremy Grant to continue to try to do this around Damian Lillard. If he decides that he wants a trade, that he wants out of Portland, well, then I, I think then that organization will accommodate him, wow. try to get the kind of young assets that they would want, draft picks, and they would be well on their way to a rebuild. More from Adrian Wojnarowski about Dame, who has a lot of power here, all right? Damian Lillard actually kind of gets to decide his own fate. 
If he decides that he wants a trade, that he wants out of Portland, well, then I, I think then that organization will accommodate him, wow. try to get the kind of young assets that they would want, draft picks, and they would be well on their way to a rebuild, but they don't want to trade him. I know teams who called Portland about Damian Lillard in, in recent weeks and this week and were immediately shut down. He is not available. We aren't going to talk to you about a Damian Lillard trade, and they have it. Yeah, they, they're they basically saying Dame wants to stay, so we're not entertaining any ideas, any offers. But one more from Woj. What happens if Dame changes his mind? If he changes his mind and goes off of what he has said all along is that he wants to win in Portland, he wants to do it with this organization, then the organization typically, you look through the history, the recent history of the NBA, when a star player asks out, typically organizations accommodate him. And so that is up to ultimately Damian Lillard next to decide whether he wants to see what this young group can be around him or go in another direction. Again, this comes back down to the same thing in sort of a different vein, but as we talked about in the last show about Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook wants a championship, Dalvin Cook doesn't need to go out and find $12 million a year. If DeAndre Hopkins doesn't want, if DeAndre Hopkins wants a championship, he takes $4 million a year and goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Damian Lillard already is getting his money, so it's a little bit different. The NBA contracts are guaranteed. But if Damian Lillard wants a title, he's got to get out of Portland. If he wants to continue to be one of the all, I mean, he's the greatest blazer of all time. Bill Walton can be in that conversation. Clyde Drexler could be in that conversation. Sure. But I would argue Damian Lillard is the greatest blazer of all time. And if Damian Lillard is the greatest blazer of all time, and he wants to be known as that, and he wants to just continue down the path and be endeared by everybody who is it Portlandians. Is that what they are? The Portlandians. Portlandians. Is, yes, is that what they are? By Portlandians and every blazer fan that they've got up there in Portland and the Pacific Portland Northwest. Dugonians? Portland. But, <laughs> But that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, as, as a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I was hoping that this was not going to be the path that Giannis was going to go down and just, you know, be a four seed or a five seed and never have a chance to advance in the Eastern Conference playoffs and have this generational talent once Giannis became Giannis. I didn't want to see Giannis go to waste when he was in Milwaukee. And obviously, it has it didn't turn out that way. They've got He's got two uh, MVPs. And he's got a championship. Damian Lillard has no, it's basically West Coast Milwaukee. That's not a market that's desirable. You have to hit the lottery in the lottery. The Bucks did with Giannis. I don't know if Scoot and Chris Murray are Giannis. And we'll find out. But Dame Lillard's got to get out of Portland. By the way, Milwaukee would make sense. He was asked about what team he'd love to play for a year ago or what superstar he would want to help him get a championship on Twitter. His answer... Giannis. Figure it out, Bucks. Get Dame to the Brew City. That would be it. That's my closing argument. That is it. Thanks to Danny for keeping us on the air. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, we got 30 seconds. All right. We got baseball all weekend. That's right. Tomorrow morning, we're going to turn your phone off. Is this your first time on the air? Uh, we've got the Cubs and Cardinals from London tomorrow morning, 1130. And then Sunday morning at 930. All right. Lots of baseball. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe. My name is Mike Wickett. Thanks for listening to Wickett's World here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.